1: Welcome to episode 133 of Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. I'm Marcy Larson, Andy's Mom. This episode is a release of a live stream that we just did two days ago. So I will not give you an introduction. You can just sit back and enjoy listening to Gwen and I talk about faith and where is God in my grief. Welcome, all of you. you. Can tell that we're starting right on the hour because my clock is going <laughs> off. I forgot to turn off the clock, so we're going to hear this for a few minutes. But thank you so much, all of you, for wanting to join in, and people who listen later. Got another great topic to discuss with Gwen from your grief guide. So, welcome, hello. To Gwen. Thank you. So, Gwen. We've been talking many times now over the past two and a half years since I've been doing the podcast, you've come on really often, and we touch on the topic of faith often. It's not an uncommon thing for us to talk about. But one thing that we've never done is talk about it through an entire episode and just really focus on faith and where is God in my grief. Um, So I just really wanted to do that today. Mm hmm. And it turns out it ended up being like perfect timing, I okay. think, for me. So I'm going to tell you all why it's perfect timing and why God probably worked it out this way to be perfect timing. <laughs> so Gwen knows this. But last week, Friday, Friday, and Saturday was the Grand Rapids Choir of Men and Boys concert series, their Lenten concert series. And I wanted to go, Eric was on call, unfortunately. So I asked Peter if he wanted to go, the two of us are going to go together. And I was not excited for it, but wanting to go anyway. So, and I feel like grieving parents can understand this a little bit, that when I go to these concerts, I feel Andy, I, I feel him, I close my eyes, I can hear him. I close my eyes, I see him standing in the front row singing his heart out. It's just it's such it almost feels like a holy kind of experience for me mm. because they're singing this this spiritual music. It's all it's old music. It's in that old British choral men and boys choir tradition. It's all faith-based. It's beautiful. I mm. knew that they were going to sing the the Miserere. It's it's very famous. If Uh, to people that know old old music, Mm -hmm. but they sing that every year at the London concert. And Andy had a solo in that the year before he died. And in fact, when we had, before the visitation for Andy, the very first time I had seen him after he died, he was Mm -hmm. in the funeral home, in the casket. And they had that song playing and him singing the solo. I mean, they didn't know, they just, I just gave them that music to be playing. The choir Mm -hmm. music to be playing during the time, and so they had just started it ahead of time, and it was on that song with oh my word in that moment, right? Mm. I know I've never shared that with you before. Mm -hmm. I've never no, but it was very moving, you know, to be hearing him Mm -hmm. singing that um, in that moment when I saw him. So I knew that song was going to be sung. So I knew it was going to be hard. I opened up the program. Very front page is a little thing about Andy, a whole page, because they are next year going to have the now first Andy Larson Memorial concert will be next year. It was Mm -hmm. supposed to be, you know, in 2020, every two years. And now the first one will be 2023, but they had a little synopsis. And so that got me kind of emotional. And then the director stood up in front and said, not only will we be doing our normal Lenten readings this year, for this concert, but we will also be reading excerpts from the book, Lament for a Son, and Mm -hmm. discuss the pain of losing a son. And we have the author of that book here, Nicholas Waltersdorf and his wife are in the audience. Mm -hmm. So if any of you remember that I got eight copies of one book after Andy died, (laughs) It was Lament for a Son. I got eight copies of that book. Mm -hmm. And to have it just announced that that was going to be a topic there, I literally could not breathe. I was completely like hyperventilating, almost choking. Peter's grabbing my hand. I think he's thinking, what's happening to her? She can't breathe at all. Mm -hmm. It was unbelievable. It was awful, right? I mean, awful. And I'm sitting there not knowing what to do, not knowing whether to run. I'm in the back row. I mean, I sat in the back row of one thinking. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking about just fleeing. And what should happen? But a friend of mine walks in with her son, who's a year older than Peter, you year younger than Andy. He's, they sang in the choir together all these years. He walked in, and Charlie split, sat down right beside Peter. And his mom scooted all the way in, sat beside me, took my head, laid it on her shoulder and let me sob Mm. on her shoulder. And I thought in the horribleness of that. God sent her Mm -hmm. right there when I needed it. Right. I needed someone right there because I was panicking Mm -hmm. and this was going to be way harder than I thought. And it's like, God knew and put her there just late enough Mm -hmm. that she had to end up sitting in the back row and she could see me completely fall apart. I mean, there were three or four people that turned around and were staring at, you know, what's this crazy Mm -hmm. first sounds coming from the back row. Right. Um, So anyway, I just wanted to bring that up And then throughout the service, of course, it's difficult, right? There are all these readings about losing a son and the pain of losing a son. It's unbelievable. And then it gets to the second to the last song, and they sing a song uh, entitled In My Father's House, which is the song they sang at every concert the year after Andy died, dedicated to him. And it was supposed to be the opening song on the CD that they were were releasing in Andy's name that never got released because of COVID. They only had 80 percent of it completed before Uh the shutdown and haven't continued, haven't finished it yet. So anyway, it was overwhelming, but to have her there, I just felt like God sent her there to me. And then as I'm listening at the end to In My Father's House and then the very last song was called The Road Home and all I kept thinking about was heaven Mm. and how I just wanted to be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just so sad and I was so tired and I just was in so much pain. I thought to myself, why can't I just be there? Mm-hmm. So that's why I thought and it ended up being perfect <laughs> that I had that kind of weekend and that kind of like struggle with faith and feeling all this pain, but ultimately feeling like, just this longing for heaven, mm-hmm. that this ended up being the right time to have mm-hmm. this talk with you.
2: Yeah, we have so many more reasons to go to heaven for than we had before, right? Right. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. it takes on a whole different meaning.
1: Yeah. yeah, and it's so funny, because I was sitting there at the end, listening to those songs, thinking about how I just wanted to be in heaven and i thought to myself but who can i say that to who's not going to be like panic Well, i'm actively suicidal and and i thought of you actually i thought mm-hmm. i could probably call gwen she would know mm-hmm. that i'm not that i'm not like right you know
2: and, yeah. and
0: <laughs> but look,
2: and it just it's just I mean- those things
1: Anyway.
0: You're
2: getting the love here from uh, you. Some of your listeners, uh, you I, know, yeah, I feel that, you, too. <laughs> I f- you know, the, the hearts and the things Um, there's probably not a bereaved mom or dad on the planet that doesn't say they get that, that heaven is just, I mean, it, your heart's there. I mean, that's what happened. Part of your heart is there and it's there in a different way than before your child died. So this topic of what happens, you know, I, I was writing down some words as you were talking. I mean, the where, the questioning, where is God? And that separation and just some of the things that you talked about. And we'll get to the the cool part about, you know, you seeing God by your friend coming in and being there for you. But it is a totally natural response in whatever our faith relationship is with our higher power, whatever we believe, that it's usually a relationship. And what happens is, is whatever your faith is, there's things that you do. Prayers, Mm -hmm. meditations, worship um, through music, readings, you know, whether it's scripture, you have a, a, a book that you read. So there's things that we do. So that's kind of like our giving to mm-hmm. our god and what we believe in and then there's ways that god gives to us however we hear him speak where we feel close to him and and what he uses to speak to us so
1: go ahead well, and that's what i was going to say and that's what i sometimes hear from people feeling like they don't they don't feel that they don't feel that bad because you're just in their grief right because oh you're absolutely feeling- so incredibly alone and i think about those even those moments when i was in there before my friend carrie sat down beside me that i was feeling incredibly alone and just panicked and so Mm -hmm. that's why i thought about this too is that some people do just feel that they feel like where has god You know, I thinking back to now Lenten, you know, my God, Mm -hmm. my God, why have you forsaken me? Right. Oh, absolutely. Completely forsaken. Where have you gone? You've Mm -hmm. abandoned me. Oh, absolutely. I think those are normal
2: kind of feelings. Oh, you know, no matter how strong our faith is or what we believe when something bad happens and I have a visual for you, but before I get to that, it's like, you know, so we have this relationship and the give and take, right? But mm-hmm. when something bad happens, it doesn't change who God is, but it severs our ability to see him in any of this because we can't see anything but the pain. So right. God to us is almost, you know, some people, I, I can't, it's, it's not happening right now. And I've talked to right. some great parents who are like, I'm not even thinking about my faith right now. Like that's mm-hmm. so far, you know, removed from me. It kind of reminds me, I tell this story of a, uh, a story I heard once of a husband and wife who were at a traffic light and the wife looked over and she saw another couple sitting very close to each other. And she said to her husband, do you, do you remember? We used to sit like that, like all snuggled together in the car. And she said, "Um, you know, I kind of missed that. And she said, what happened to us? And he looked at her and he said, well, I'm in the same seat. You're the one who moved. And so her husband didn't change his position. She had hers, but it's kind of like we look and go, God, what happened? But he didn't go anywhere, but our vision is clouded. I'm going to try to just share a screen. It's just better (laughs) if I describe it, but it's this visual of, of envisioning that relationship. And as I talked about the give and take, but all we can see is the pain.
1: Yeah. It was this beautiful visual of God on top, a big circle of God, a circle below with you. And then in the middle so you can't, God, no. like can't see you no. and you can't see God. It just says pain. So yeah. that was the thing that everything, as you look to God, all you see and feel is pain. Yeah, mm-hmm. we
2: We don't feel the love or the care because it's, it feels like if you cared about me, I wouldn't be in this much pain. Like people we love don't do that. But, you know, that that's part of why that relationship gets severed for a time. Or we wonder where God is and we start questioning those things. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. But well, and I remember thinking to myself, getting really angry with God, because that's another thing that I think is really normal Mm -hmm. to get really angry with God. And one thing I kept telling myself and my pastor kind of did, too, is that, okay, as long as you're still angry with God, you're still okay. Yeah, we're still in relationship. Right? right? Yeah, exactly. It, it, what scared me is if I suddenly wasn't angry with God, because that mm-hmm. means I wouldn't be feeling any feelings toward God. And if that starts to happen, then I feel like, oh, gosh, then the faith must be going right that I've lost. Right? Because then I feel right. like he doesn't have control. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't, you know, and and anything, mm-hmm. and then that's when I lose my faith more. So yeah. That was what I told myself. I told myself it was better to be angry than to feel nothing. So that's kind of what I kept doing.
2: So Uh, what I tell people is we tend to look up like, God, where are you? And in those moments of pain, when we can't see that, what I tell people is to look to your left and look to your right more often. And that's where you can see those God moments of who mm-hmm. he sends, that friend Gary. who sits next yeah. to you. Exactly. And puts your hand. Now, some people who listen right now, Marcy, might be really jealous because you, you, you were crying out. I your did. heart was aching and you got that friend, you know, and yeah. you can see that as God. Sometimes the wait's a long time. Yeah. But the other thing is, is sometimes we get it, but we don't see it for what it is. You were so in tune to, you know, that, that you could see right away. Wow. God cares about me because he sent this person, but you're, oh, also... I don't know that
1: I really thought about it much until afterwards, to be mm-hmm. honest, because I right. was just in, I was in such oh, a panic yeah. mm-hmm. feeling like I need to get out of here. I need to, mm-hmm. and then it took that panic kind of away, but I didn't, I didn't think about it for what right. it was
2: that makes sense until
1: until afterwards right, right. but what I was going to say is you're
2: also you know a few years out that if you remember back on in those first you know months and years so you might not have seen that as a god moment no. or a god wink or whatever but well
1: and and honestly you know I told you I cried all day up until the concert too right and the mm-hmm. reason I did that is because I thought back to those first concerts the first concerts after Andy died Mm-hmm when 10 people would show up with mm. Me. Mm. and they were all just going to be there yeah right and you
2: think where did they And go?
1: i got to this point and i thought well i cannot eric can't go i can ask my friend michelle but i mm-hmm. but i thought i really don't think i can ask anyone else i actually thought of asking carrie i did mm-hmm. but then i was like yeah but my friend michelle had other plans and so she couldn't go and I kind of got the point where I like I don't have anyone else to ask anymore. I it used to be that people would have just been there. They just would have mm-hmm. been there. But as it's further out, you feel like other people have just moved on, right? Yeah. And they're not going feel to feel it. Just, they, have. <laughs> they have. They have. They yeah. have moved on. Mm-hmm. They Let's have. be honest. And, yeah. And friends that I had before, I'm not going to ask to do that with me mm-hmm. because. I don't know. I just don't yeah. feel like I can anymore. Yeah. And, and it was fortunate and that, some... that Carrie did anyway.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And some of our new friends are the friends you've, you know, the bereaved moms relationships you've developed. If people know someone probably would have come with you. And I told you being your friend now, you know, um, in that relationship that we have now, I wrote on a sticky note right here on my uh-huh. desk, you know, uh-huh. check with Marcy this week about the concert. And then I, that, that day came and I thought, you know what, why, why bring that up? Like, I don't even know if it's tough for her. I I don't want to be that person like, oh, this should be really hard for you. And I (laughs) threw out the note that I felt horrible that I didn't do that. I could (laughs) dig in my trash and find the note right now. Well, and you Um, know, what's
1: so funny is that I was talking to Pastor Gail, you, you and I both know him, I was talking Mm -hmm. to him today. And I had said that I said, and what's funny is that Gwen wrote herself a note to check on me that day. And then she didn't. And he said. You know, sometimes God it's God nudging us to do those things and write those notes. And and I always said, Well, I think, yeah, I think God did nudge her and then she just decided to throw it away. So so now we know. And and I shouldn't doubt
2: when I'm when I get that, you know, reach out to someone, but sometimes I think as the grief I slipped into like I didn't want to slip from friend to grief. Like I, you know, boundaries with, I I didn't know. And so I overanalyzed it, which I'm an (laughs) overthinker and I threw it out. I do Uh, want to dig it out just so you can see Um, So
1: I can have proof that you were thinking about me. Yeah, I will.
2: Someone wrote that here, you know, looking around to the signs, So you might not see God, but, you know, I've had people say to me at the moment I needed a meal, you know, we were hungry and the doorbell rang and someone dropped off food and they didn't know that was God. Like those, that's the hand and feet. Uh, of Jesus, you know, loving on people and doing that. So look around and say, where can I see this?
1: But Well, and and I have one more example mm-hmm. that I'm going to give, yep. just from this week that I told you about a little bit ago. So so I cried Friday, Saturday, and yeah. Saturday. just yep. cried the whole weekend. And then I talked to you Sunday afternoon, but Monday morning I woke up to an Instagram message from this woman who I don't know, but it's it's funny because back in December I kept getting these emails saying an employee of google wants to donate to your always andy's mom charity please Mm -hmm. please register with benevity.com and i thought it was a scam i did not think this was like a real person i thought i don't know anyone from google who works at google i don't you know and turns out it wasn't so i I had gotten a message then several weeks later like i've been trying to donate money through google because they give us money at the end of the year and i really wanted to donate But you're not set up through benevity. And so I had written back and I said, I totally thought it was a scam. I will do that now. Mm -hmm. And so then randomly, but not randomly, (laughs) she writes to me on Monday and saying, I've never lost a child. I'm not a religious person. I'm not spiritual at all. But you have really touched me. I have learned a lot from you. I really want to support your podcast wow. financially it's I feel like it's the least I can do because I've learned so much from you. Mm-hmm. and I wrote back to you or to her and I said I have been crying for three days and I just woke up this morning to go to work which I wasn't real excited about doing mm-hmm. and that is just what I needed and I said you may not be a religious person but God just used you yeah. right there Mm -hmm. Because I needed that encouragement in that moment to help me get up and go Mm -hmm. to work and put a smile on my face to try to help people after I just spent the last three days crying. Mm -hmm. So it's amazing how how this non-religious person could be God's hands Mm -hmm. and feet to me. Because she was hand. I know. Yeah.
2: And then look at us. I I will not tell you this long story, but I did something really bad when my daughter was an infant and my friend's daughter was, or son was an infant. I locked them in a car on a night when the wind was twenty four below zero, and uh, they were locked in the car. With the, yeah, <gasps> and you so, couldn't get in. No, and <sighs> we were. At so you a store. accidentally
1: locked them, and you're like, ah.
2: yeah. Okay. And the mall. You know, I'm going too deep, but they tried bringing help. No one had the right tools, and I just cried out to God. I need help now. And this man started walking toward going into the mall. And I looked at him and I said, you're related to a guy that I know. Aren't you so-and-so's brother? And he said, yes. I said, you look just like him. I need help. My husband's a firefighter with your brother and I need help right now. And he was the Delta Township fire chief at the time. He radioed for help. I had cops and fire trucks in seconds (laughs) and later I told him in my panic and my sheer like you know getting these kids out of the car they had been in there about 36 minutes at the the when they got them out I said I prayed for you I asked God and bam you appeared and he (laughs) kind of looked at me and he goes I was just going to the mall like (laughs) please don't make that big of a deal about it (laughs) I was just going to the mall and I'm like, no, God brought you here. And then I recognized <laughs> you and you're Italian and you looked amazing. I mean, exactly that's exactly like why
1: you got that exact parking spot. We're walking. Yes. Exactly. exact moment. You may have been going to the mall, but this was all orchestrated. Yes, right? exactly.
2: Um, here is my, oops, I'm not. No, oh, you got to, you to gotta move it. My note. Marcy, <laughs> cu- Choir. No, Very that. good.
1: Yes, I believe that you. Was it. I did yep. believe you before, but
2: well, I—I it's funny you brought it out of the trash. We all around and got it out of the trash, but. You know, so those kinds of moments. And I think, you know, Marcy, you know, I've had episodes where we talked about meaning making and share, you know, meanings or good story, you know, stories where you see your kid, child and feel connected. But one of the things if people have any of these moments, they could write in some God winks or some moments where they were at their end and they weren't, you know, trusting yeah. or believing and felt abandoned. And then something poured into their life or someone, a note, a card, a text, a, you know, a friend next to you at a concert. Um.
1: We'd love to hear those. I mean, I think yeah. that would be really neat. Yeah, I, I do too. It'd be great to write in. And if anybody has yeah. any questions for Gwen or for me, that yeah, would be I, good to ask some questions too. We'd love that.
2: Yeah, I would love that. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I could talk about this forever. And I do have a few other points to bring up. But I do think that, you know, hearing from the people, like what they want to know. It's interesting because when we were talking about, you know, people who might not necessarily be religious, my office at the funeral home was directly above the chapel, probably mm-hmm. because I didn't move around a lot. I wasn't, you know, so they gave me the quiet office above the chapel. So I heard funerals every day, the song, mm-hmm. the scripture, I could hear them. And I can't tell you, I could make a guess that, of funerals use the 23rd Psalm,
0: whether they're religious
2: or not. I heard the 23rd Psalm every day Mm -hmm. of my life. I know it by heart. But what's interesting is that people use that and there's just so much about when we're hurting in that. And one of the key things that I always like to point out is, um, you know, verse four, I think it is. Yeah. Um, yeah the lord is my shepherd i shall not want you know those um, right but, right right okay so it says yea though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death that i think i'm getting to my bible here verse um the lord is my shepherd i shall lack nothing he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside s- quiet waters he restores my soul he guides me in passive righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, the part that I like about verse four is it says, I will walk through the valley. It doesn't say we're stuck there. It yeah. doesn't say that we have to be there forever, that Things in life are a process. I mean, we don't stay young forever. We don't stay in one household forever. Oftentimes, you don't stay in a job forever. You know, people don't stay close forever. There's a lot of things in life that move. But the Mm -hmm. one thing that I just find hope in this is that we don't stay in the depths of our pain forever, that it's something we go through. And then I wrote my Bible, why it says the valley of the shadow of death is it says, you know, until we die, we don't go right into it. We're not into it. We're in the shadow. That's what where we are when we're believed. Yeah, all that the stuff, and then the comfort comes after that. You know, thy rod and thy staff they comfort me. But I think it's encouraging to know that it's a process that we go through.
1: I know that I talked about how I got little bits of encouragement, but also said that I cried for three days. So right, I was. I really was down for a long time. Right. I mean, I was feeling like I was in the depths for a long time. It right. was it was a hard times to go through. I'm glad that I did, and there's no question. I still did feel Andy there. Mm-hmm. I did feel him, and um, and it was also interesting. I got to meet with Nicholas Waltersdorf. And his wife, mm-hmm. after the concert, um, I had the, the director introduce us, and he's a very sweet man, 90 years old now, yeah. um, and his wife. And it's it's funny, because I said to him, I got eight copies of your book after my son died. And he said, oh, that wasn't good for you. That was mm-hmm. too early for you. And I thought, what a great thing for him to say, <laughs> because mm-hmm. guess what? it was too early for me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really like it at the mm-hmm. time when mm-hmm. I read it. Now, Eric loved it. He got a ton out of it. I mm-hmm. I did not. I did right. not. But, and it was one of those things like, so I have to tell this man that I got eight copies of his book, but I couldn't actually finish reading it mm-hmm. at the time. Like, how do well, I say that to this man? <laughs> but, he gets it, though. But he got it. He got mm-hmm. it at the very beginning. He said that to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was too early for you. He, like, apologized for people giving me the book in the days after my son died. Mm-hmm. Because, and he was 100% right. I mean, everybody, they give you all these books because they like <gasps> want to give you something to make it better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When in all actuality, it just isn't better. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went up to him, I was all crying. Oh, I was thinking and to myself, said, imagine
2: how you looked at that point after oh, the concert. Yeah, it was
1: terrible. He had to and know. He, he looked at me, he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, Oh, just cry. It's okay to cry. Just keep crying. I mean, he like told me to cry. And Mm -hmm. then his wife said, and then I said, I didn't know you were going to be here or any of this was going to happen today. And his wife said, would it have helped had you known? And I said, honestly, I probably wouldn't have come. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. Which they were totally okay with that too. It just was, it, it was really... It's just so nice because even though they lost their son, I mean, how many years ago has it been? Now? It was a I mean, long you, time. Many, that many, book, many years had ago. I've read that book forever. He, yeah. I mean, he, her, their son was in his 20s when he died, like 24 maybe. So they were probably maybe around 50. So it's been 40, years, 40 years probably for these people. Uh-huh. And yet, and and she even said, you know, it it never goes away, honey. Yeah, it, it never totally goes away. Well, that's It'll what I was going to say
2: there. that they probably saw you coming in your face and they already knew. bereaved mom. Yeah, Bereave and they mom. did. Yeah. And,
1: and mm-hmm. the director said, this is the mom of the chorister oh. that you know about.
2: Mm. Okay. So,
1: I mean, because every, everyone knows about the chorister yeah. died, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So... One of the other things that's interesting about, you know, scripture is it says that, you know, like Matthew 5, 4 says, Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. And then we just read from the 23rd Psalm that that, you know, um the comfort comes after the mourning. So like you just said, you had three days of mourning before the comfort came.
1: Mm-hmm. And I get little bits of comfort in the middle, right? Yeah, I mean, I got right, yeah. Carrie coming in. The Walter Storps were very comforting Oh, and nice, right. But I still went home and continued to cry. Yeah. And the next day, uh-huh. cried all day, didn't want to go to church. That's that's a funny thing, too, because oh. I I think about, like, right afterwards and me thinking and saying to Eric, we have to keep going to church because I'm afraid if I stop going to church, I will never go back. And what's funny is that I've got some people that I work with that go to my church and they weren't at church last week. And they, they have just been, I mean, since the pandemic, right. That you can watch online and so hardly mm-hmm. a lot of people don't go. And, and so I said, I missed you in church yesterday. And she said, Oh, it's just so easy to just stay. Mm-hmm. I, we've got to start getting in the habit of going. And I said, Oh, I get that. Cause, um, uh, you know, after Andy died, I kept thinking to myself, I have to keep going because if I don't keep going, mm-hmm. if I stop. I feel like I'll never start again. And mm-hmm. then I feel like I guilted her into going <laughs> this week because she's like, I'll be there next week. And I thought, oh my word, that's not what I meant. Yeah. But then, then after I'm feeling so down the next day, I thought, well, now I know they're going to go. So now I feel like I have to go. And even though I was, I mean, I cried for 20 minutes yeah. in the shower before I went that day. I
2: mean, yeah. Yeah, well, and She's your talented. point is one is that sometimes people don't feel like going, and that's the other thing we want to talk about is that you don't necessarily have to go. Or yeah, you're you right. Go to you're a right. different service. You maybe sit in a different spot. I know, especially for families and well, everyone who's bereaved, if they worshipped with their person, there's that mm-hmm. empty. Right. Mm -hmm. There's so many memories there. And so sometimes sitting in a different spot. But for a widow, I always tell them maybe find someone else to sit with because they feel so all alone during church. But, um, you know, and even if we don't feel like it, go anyway, because practicing something that we know is good for us and good for our soul. So many people exercise even when they don't feel like it, because they know it's good for them. Many people Mm -hmm. ate a salad today and had a really healthy dinner tonight, not because they felt like it, but we ate it because we know it's good for us. So Mm -hmm. going to our place of worship and practicing what our faith tells us to practice is
1: good for us, even when we don't feel like it. Well, And you can do that not, like you said, not in the exact same way. So, for example, I could not, I still have problems with the sharing of the peace. We do this sharing of the peace at church. And I I really, really, really don't like it now. I Mm -hmm. don't. I feel like it's just you're shaking somebody's hand and they're already looking at the next person, you know, peace of the Lord be with you. And you're already looking to find the next person and you're not really meaning it at all. Mm -hmm. It's just like, Mm -hmm. It's just habit or I don't know. It bothers me and I don't like it. So what I would do, what I started going is before the sharing of the piece, I would leave. I would leave. Mm -hmm. And I would hide. I would hide in the kitchen. I would hide in the bathroom. I (laughs) I would hide somewhere. And then after that was done, then I would come back. But I just felt like that's what I could do. And occasionally things would get so bad. That I would leave entirely and go up to a different part of the church and, um, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That, that those are coping things. I, I want to go back to two things that um our viewers have said. Candace said, you know, my faith really helped me. And yeah. it's interesting because some people, it really does feed into them and there is no severing of the relationship and they don't have a hard time with that. But we wanted to start out by recognizing that for some people, if there is that block there, you know, kind of thing, but for some people it, it just stays solid all the way through and it just gives life and breath to them. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're so thankful for that and, and the hope that it gives us. Um, And Sandy, you know, comment here, try being the organist and crying while playing. Not easy.
1: Um, I know. I was thinking about that too. Well, well, you know, I was the one of the vocalists for the worship mm -hmm. band and I didn't do that for three years. Yeah. So, and you don't have a choice when you're the organist because that's like a position. It's not like somebody can fill in for you. Right. You know, for me, somebody else just had to do it because I Mm -hmm. couldn't do it. There's no way I could do it. Three years later, I could, but you're the organist. You're kind of stuck.
2: Yeah. Well, we had a pastor speak at a starlight event one time, and he shared that after his daughter died by suicide, that it was the year anniversary of her death fell on a Sunday and no one else recognized it. And he, you know, kind of just got in that position. Well, no one's, you know, offering for me to have the Sunday off. No one's really remembering. I should just, you know, do it. And he said, it was horrible. It was horrible to have to be up there and to minister to all the people when his heart on the one year anniversary was so broken. Um, So many times when we're in a point of service um, and serving at our place of worship, It does make it very hard when we need to take a break um, or it's too hard for us to go. Um, And I do tell people and, you know, I don't know Sandy's situation and other people's, but sometimes when we are in charge of something and we're bereaved, we have to ask to kind of step back for a time because it's too hard to maintain the level of serving and ministering to others that we had before so mm-hmm. it's not wrong to take a break from that to just say it no if
1: you can it's just yeah
2: mm-hmm.
1: if you can't that's right really hard too. I mean I think too back our very first Easter after Andy died mm-hmm. his birthday was was his birthday mm. his birthday fell on Easter Sunday oh. uh, and I tell you it's sort of Tainted Easter a bit for me, and of course, you say that to people. I'm like, oh, that's so beautiful! His first birthday <laughs> in heaven. It was Easter. Imagine all the rejoicing in heaven on Easter. Uh, like, oh, okay, yeah. really? Because <laughs> I'm sure that's all true, but for me, it, it gives me a little mm-hmm. more pain, and it's mm-hmm. me. It's a little harder mm-hmm. to be in this rejoicing mood when I'm just thinking about my son's birthday right You know, and the fact that he may be rejoicing mm-hmm. in heaven but I really want him rejoicing here
2: right so well Mary Pat just wrote Easter feels too hard um yeah. Mary Pat I'm reminded of a book that I read called keepsakes of the heart and she had her husband son brother and dad all die in the same plane crash and she was invited to a Good Friday, like outdoor sunrise service, and they died in the early fall. So, this would have been, you know, what, six months later, yeah. spring. Yeah. And she went and she said, Everyone singing praises on this beautiful Good Friday sunrise service. And she or said, Easter sunrise. Yeah. No, this was Good oh, Friday. It was it a was good Friday, Friday think- a sunrise service. And she said, It was outdoors. And she said, Before she knew it, She was rocking back and forth, screaming, I hate you, God. I hate you, God. I hate you, God. And she was having that battle with God as everyone else was singing. And, you know, I I don't remember exactly how she tied it up in the book. I remember some other parts of her faith journey, which were amazing. But um, just that 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 crying out and that questioning is just a part of it, too. It's it you know, you and I did a segment on lament and, you know, we looked at that that crying out all of worship doesn't look like, Oh, praise Jesus or you know? Yeah. So some of it is just that battling it out. And where are you? And, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. yeah, everyone with their families is definitely, um, a hard yeah. one for sure. My daughter. Well, passed- and,
1: then, and then Candace wrote my daughter passed a- yeah. on mother's day weekend. That will never be the same. Never. And certainly not.
2: Mm-mm. Certainly not. Mm-mm. Nope. So those things are are really, really hard.
1: Well, I wanted to bring up one thing, too, that um, so, so everyone's heard us talking about Starlight Ministries. That's where you used to work mm-hmm. before you started yep. your grief guide. You used to be at Starlight Ministries, and I now... I'm a facilitator for a virtual support group that some of these ladies that are watching today are part of that group. So we do have a new six week session starting up on it's every Tuesday night. And this first one is April 12th. And the topic for the six week session is grief is messy. Yep. And I just think that is worth discussing too, because this is, it's a faith-based organization. So we do, do discuss faith. But to discuss that messiness of mm-hmm. grief is really going to be, yeah. I think, a, a good, good discussion and a good digging into that a little bit, digging into that. Sure.
2: I'm I'm a little biased because I'm the author of the curriculum. I was gonna say, I
1: think you probably wrote it. <laughs>
2: yeah. But one of the things about that is that we do try to pretty things up for God. Like we try to hide those parts of our heart that are questioning, like that woman crying out, you know, I hate you God. Like we try to hide that and God knows he sees our heart and our pain. So if we just open that up, that's where the healing can begin. Yeah. She wants to know about,
1: let me know how to find this online group. So what you can do is you can email Stephanie at starlightmen.org. And we can, you want to type that in maybe? I sure will. Yeah, you type that in. And then if you email Stephanie, then they so you have to do a little intake. But then once you do an intake, then you can get into that group and and be a part of that. So I think it will really be a good session. So you're typing it in there, Gwen, and then I'll pop it up on the screen. So people watching live can see that. And I'll make sure to write that in the notes on the podcast too. just knowing how people can get involved so here we go i so stephanie at starlightman.org would be how to get involved in that but right. i
2: it's been well, just a great group We should oh, probably announced on behalf of starlight is that their curriculum is for sale now so oh, yeah. i don't know where candace lives but in their area they can purchase the curriculum either for individual use um or for uh an organizational mm-hmm. use, mm-hmm. and they can have that same thing and start a small group there and have everything that they need, what to say, what to know, you know, all the stuff is in there. So that, and of course, if you
1: are in West Michigan, going to them in person is fantastic, oh, because yeah. then you can take your kids with you too. Right. So yeah, they have wonderful children's programming. That's mm-hmm. awesome. That of course, we can't offer on the virtual option that, that I'm doing right now. Yeah. Well,
2: let me tell you this. So knowing that they were Christ centered, you know, grief support, I would have people and one happened to be someone that I knew through, you know, their parents, I knew their daughter and their daughter had her child die. And, you know, of course, I wanted to tell them about Starlight and come and get the support. And they never signed up. But that was fine. They were getting support. And but I would continue to meet with the mom. And one time she told me, she said, you've never asked me why I didn't come to Starlight. And I said, well, you know, that's yeah. your choice. And she said, I couldn't handle that it was faith-based because I was so mad at God. I didn't want to hear that. So yeah. I thanked her for telling me that because then as I explained to other bereaved parents is we don't have a set agenda that you have to feel right with the Lord no. to come to this. No, no, That no. we allow for all, like, if you're like, hey, I don't see it. I don't want anything to do with it right now. Or, you know, we allow for that.
1: Absolutely. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. I mean, we just had our last our last session, and I feel like in our group, we had a couple of women kind of say, I feel like my faith is stronger, and everybody else said, I don't feel that way at all. Mm-hmm. I feel like my faith is so mm-hmm. broken. So if you feel like your faith is broken, don't let that hold you back mm-hmm. at all. Don't mm-hmm. let it hold you back at all, especially on a topic that grief is messy. I
2: mean- yeah. Because it really is. It is and we do have to it pretty messy. it up. It's... Yep.
1: And even the ones that said their faith was stronger then said, hey, when I say my faith is stronger, it doesn't mean I'm not battling. It doesn't mean I'm not struggling. Right. I, it's just mm-hmm. that's the way that I can cope. Like somebody earlier had said, the faith is the only way I get through. Right. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean like, oh, my faith is so much stronger. Mm-hmm. I'm doing great. I mean, that's not what that means at all. Right. Well, when I
2: mentioned like the things we do to practice our faith, one of the other things though is when we think about you know whether it's readings or prayers or those kinds of things when we're hurting we don't want to read we can't take that in you know Um, and then praying what do you what do you even say like you don't even have the words so one of the things that i tell people is our moaning and our groaning and our wordless prayers god hears those too Mm -hmm. and understands that Mm -hmm. and i'm so glad because there are some days i just say lord i don't have the words. You, you yeah. you, ha- you know, you, you know what I'm thinking. Take it all. I,
1: I can't speak it today. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's no doubt about it. My favorite Bible verse always was 36. Romans 8:28, oh, and we okay. know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who've been called according to His purpose. Okay, that was always my favorite. But in all things, God works for the good of those. I can't cling to that like I used to. Mm -hmm. And I clung to that. The reason I clung to that verse was after my mother died, actually. So it was when I was in grief, I -hmm. could say to myself, there will be good from this. As Mm -hmm. much as it hurts, there will be good from this. But then the pain was so intense with Andy that I couldn't cling to that anymore. And Mm -hmm. I started clinging to a verse about um, God hearing our groanings which I cannot think mm-hmm. of what that verse is now, right now but that that when we don't have the words to pray
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God
1: will hear me groan Yeah, and that's what I replaced it with so I replaced it with this beautiful like everything works for good yeah. <laughs> to, <Yeah. laughs> to right. all I have to do is groan and know that God's hearing me
2: I put a few extra words in Romans eight twenty eight because because I've just had to in the fact that all things work together for good, but I might not see it in my lifetime. All yeah. things work together for good, but I might not ever know why, you know? So I'm excluded from the knowledge of how that works. But yeah. it's still yeah. true.
1: right? Well, and I'm not saying it's not true. I just can't. Yes. No, know I know. You're I just not. don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, people used to ask me all the time, what's your favorite Bible verse? And that's what I used to say. Oh. That's what I used to say. Oh just how that the spirit intercedes for us through wordless groans yeah yeah that's
2: beautiful
1: that's beautiful mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah. also in Romans 8 yeah so it's just a little bit ahead of it oh
2: um, yeah believing in something is and knowing it but not having it be a feeling or what drives us right then right like you can yep. have hope and feel lost at the same time you can have joy and sorrow you can you know living in those two realities especially mm-hmm. when we're bereaved that's that's very true you can praise god and curse god at the same time
1: i think i do i, mean, yeah. I think i do often <laughs> yeah right i mean i'm yeah. for you sure know, i mean i've been angry with god but yet there's no way i could get through it without him Yeah. and i it's funny because you just shared that that woman there was no way she could go to starlight because she couldn't handle anything faith-based mm-hmm. and yet you know when i was looking at starlight we also put in a like little application process for a non-faith-based parent mm-hmm. support group here in grand Rapids. it's, it's a great group and mm-hmm. they when they called me back to have us go i said ah, i think we're gonna go to, with starlight because i have to have a faith-based one mm-hmm. even though i was telling you at the time Yeah, I didn't feel like going to church. I was Mm -hmm. mad at God. I didn't, I wasn't feeling any sort of like love to God. I was just angry. And yet I felt like if I don't go somewhere that is going to give me a sense of hope in Mm -hmm. what the kind of curriculum is, Mm -hmm. that it doesn't have a little bit of hope in it, then I didn't feel like there was going to be a point. Mm -hmm. And maybe they have beautiful hope. I don't know. But I just knew that if I went to a faith-based one, they definitely would have hope.
2: Right. But see, again, you were practicing, even if you didn't feel it or experience that at that time, you knew you needed that. But um, I think it's Demi who says, I feel like I've lost my hope. We get that. And that's where we almost have to borrow hope from other people. Like you don't have it. So you have to just trust that it will be restored and just borrow it from other people and say, I don't feel it right now, but it will... Prayerfully and hopefully be restored.
1: Oh, I love what Mary Pat just wrote here. I'll put it up on the screen too. I keep thinking of what Elizabeth Elliot said: "Don't dig up and doubt what you planned in faith." Yeah. So, yeah, if you if you had that, it's it's easy to do sometimes. Yeah. But but well, to you just know- try.
2: My uncle was a pastor and he said, you know, people would come to me all the time and say, why did God have this happen? Why did, you know, this person die? Why did my marriage end? Why did I lose my business? Whatever. Why, why, why? And he said, Gwen, no one ever came and said, why did we have a healthy child? Why did I get a good job? Why do I have great health insurance? Why do no one ever questions the good? But we question what we don't have. But that that's that natural protest, too, yeah, that's of a something natural. that we love and have that's been taken from us. There's a protest that happens in that. We definitely get that.
1: Okay. Um, and that Mary Pat quote, it was, should have been, don't dig up and doubt what you plant planted in faith. And that yeah. does make more sense. Yes. Yeah. What you planted mm-hmm. in faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I know we just have a few more minutes left, and I hope if anyone else has any other questions, but I think expressing our faith, but like I said, practicing even when you don't feel like it. But then that other part for me, for bereaved people, and especially, you know, to me saying I've lost, I I don't seem to have hope right now, is Mm -hmm. to rest in your faith. Like that rest, that place where you can just go and be and you don't have to perform. You don't have to have a certain level of hope to be a Christ follower. You know, like it's okay that you're not in that spot, but resting in it. Mm -hmm. And there's so many verses where Jesus, you know, he says, you know, cast all your cares upon me because I care for you. So he's saying, give it, give it. I care. What are you worried about? What's stressing you out about your hope here? So we can keep doing that, and then the other part where he says in Matthew, you know, "Come unto me, all ye who are labor and are of heavy laden, and I will give you rest." Can you tell? I memorized in the King James version as a little
1: (laughs) yes, for sure. (laughs) We can go and just come and be restful, right? But I think though to remind the people that that's not a one-time deal. (laughs) <laughs> it's yeah. it's again yeah. and again, mm-hmm. and again. Yeah. I don't know how many times I have to cast my cares but right. I just have to keep casting them because what do I do I'm like okay I'm gonna let go of this okay I'm just gonna grab it back yeah I let go oh and absolutely I and I guess my the biggest thing is is hopefully every time I give it up T- when I take it back, maybe I take back just a little bit less. Mm-hmm. Well, and
2: the other thing is that we are like children. I mean, he is our heavenly father and we are his children. And how many times do our children keep coming after us and keep coming after us? And because of love, we say, yes, yes, we'll figure it out. Yes. We'll do that. Yes. You can have, you know, um, more of this or no, you can't right now that we did that, in that loving relationship with our children god does that same thing with us we can keep coming and keep asking and sometimes and like our
1: children when they are you know keep messing up and then coming back and messing up and coming back we still love them right we still love them yeah so that's another point too just like we don't give up on our kids i mean you don't right you don't give up on your kids right that means god doesn't give up on us either even though it doesn't feel like you've got hope going on in your life, there's still hope and mm-hmm. God still knows and believes in you and has hope in you.
2: Yeah, so absolutely. I was sitting there. Any here, other comments is, that you
1: wanted to, that you had jotted down that well, you wanted to bring up? Nothing the thing
2: that I jotted down. I think we covered it. I think, you know, at some point maybe people can send in their, you know, God winks or moments where they've actually seen their faith restored or their hope renewed, or they've seen his loving care through other people, that would be really fun because it is good to recall when God has been faithful, because Mm -hmm. right now you might not see his faithfulness, but if we can recall past times or hear those.
1: Well, and then just knowing to look for them too, and knowing that it a lot of times it is just that right message from Mm. a random stranger at the right time. Yeah, Little things can really bring you just a tiny bit of peace when you're in us. I
2: love the song, you know, great is thy faithfulness morning by morning, new mercies I see where his mercies are new every morning. And I thank God for that, that, you know, our pain and our sorrow that are dried on our pillow from last night, that there's mercy in the morning. It's there. Ask for it. And, and I think to plead out for, to God and tell him what you're looking for is a good thing too. You know, we tell him our hurts and our pains, but we can tell him our longings. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you so much, Gwen, for joining You're me welcome. today. I just always love your, our conversation. So thank you. Thank uh-huh. you. Do we have one
2: minute to read this? It says I was sure. sent, I was sent okay. to a worker this year who was new to our team. There you go. Uh-huh. I told her about losing my baby girl and she asked me if she could pray for my family. She is my God wink when I needed her. That's oh. beautiful.
1: Yeah. That is beautiful Thank you Dimitra for sending you know,
2: that and the other interesting thing about that that's a good point that we didn't share is to ask other people to pray for you when you can't pray for yourself
1: well and she didn't even do that right see, exactly said, I just told her about my right. name, girl. and then
2: she and asked she yeah
1: asked if she yeah. Could pray so that's mm-hmm. even more beautiful right yeah. but mm-hmm. you're right you can ask people it's just hard to do mm-hmm. that mm-hmm at least for me, maybe for others, it's not a a difficult thing for me. It's hard to ask people to pray for me.
2: I think, you know, I know we do have to close, but I think again, when I think of being in the depths of our pain, people often say to me, isn't that awful? And do you, you know, I'd love to take that away for people and I can't, but I've also come to the conclusion that it's in the depths of pain that people see God. And if Mm -hmm. I took that away, I'd take that experience of them meeting God.
1: That's a good point, too. I do want to make one more point because I met with Pastor Gail today, I was telling Mm -hmm. you. And he does spiritual care and spiritual work. And I've been meeting with him. And it's been really helpful to me. One of the things he said today was, I wish I could take your pain away. Mm -hmm. And I said, I really don't want you to do that. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I do want to be able to feel more peace and Mm -hmm. feel better. But taking that away is Mm -hmm. is not the right thing. That pain will always be with me. Now, it will not always be the same. It will not always look the same. You could tell in some ways Um, that he's he's a great guy, but not a bereaved person, really. Right. Right. that, That that taking it away is not what I want. I want you yeah. to understand it. I want it to not overwhelm me, but I mm-hmm. need to feel it. I need to yeah. feel it. Mm-hmm. I
2: put the link to spiritual care just because I know they also have Zoom and virtual meetings available. So if someone Yeah, might, and they, like before. I said, they've
1: done wonderful things because for me.
2: The part of that mm-hmm. is sometimes, and I think this is good for us to mention, sometimes people's spiritual wounds are really deep. You yeah. know, they're, they're beyond what you and I covered today and talked about and they're deep and at spiritual care, they help take that out, but then clean that wound and go to those places yeah. in a way that you and I didn't or can't in this time. So providing that resource, I think is really good. And they have well, a, a healing podcast. You've been They on do.
1: It. I was just going to say they have yeah. a podcast too, yep. and the podcast episode that you're basically talking about is there's one called soul slivers yes so yep. that you have a mm-hmm. sliver in your soul and you have to yeah. take out the sliver and it it'll hurt to take out the sliver but it, before you can heal that mm-hmm. soul sliver has to come out so that's yeah. a great episode if you want to get on spiritual care consultants and do write. that but we are definitely out of time we are. Okay. Going take off care. Again, so i probably take to care ladies, Thank you ladies and, so much and yep. i will see you next time
0: Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful and would like to support the podcast, please leave a five-star rating and comment. To help financially, you can text Andy's mom to the number 53555 or visit the donate page on andysmom.com. Your donations are secure and tax deductible, and we are now able to accept Venmo, PayPal, and Apple Pay. Always Andy's mom and is a registered 501c3 organization and can receive donations through smile.amazon.com, Thrive in Financial, and Benevity, amongst others. Marcy loves hearing from listeners. Please feel free to reach out to her via email at marcy Also, be sure to sign up for the email list to receive weekly updates as well as pictures of all of Marcy's guests and their children. Together, let's work to inspire hope one day at a time.